Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You can be sure with Merowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Merowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Merowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at merowest.com. And service? Merowest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and Merowest's values just go together. Consider Merowest today. What's going on, Bird Gang? This is Darren Sproles here. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to Eagles Broad, the Broad Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, or wherever you get the podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Co-host Connor Miles here with the one and only Ed Cross of Sports Illustrated. Ed, it's great to be back with you. It's great to record, talk about the birds again. I just want to thank everybody who has uh, supported me and my mother through all her trials and tribulations right now, uh, beating urinary cancer and Everything that's going on with her, that's the reason why this pod has taken a little step back and I haven't been able to record because there's a lot on our plates right now, a lot of things going on, and uh, but I appreciate all the prayers and support. That's the reason why she got through it, so thank you guys very much. But we are back. I am ready to cover the Eagles. I am ready for to record some episodes. Ed, how's it going, my friend? Hey, it's uh, going to start getting busy real quick here, Connor. You know, Absolutely. Right around the corner, uh, Eagles have some big decisions to make, and then you know, draft season is really heating up too, so uh, it's it's going to start kicking in the high gear uh, in the next few days. Certainly within the next week, there's going to be a lot of Eagles news coming out. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of cuts. Uh, yeah. That report that just came out today that said uh, NFL GM told Adam Schefter there's going to be an NFL massacre. Yeah, is what they called it, and then it's, it's going to be because nobody expected the cap to be what it is. The impacts of COVID are going to show in the next coming weeks, and it's going to be fast. And I think the Eagles are going to be one of the teams that are ahead of it, uh, making the big decisions that, you know, unfortunately fans don't want to see. But it's going to happen. Yeah. That's just the way the way the league works right now, getting adjusted to the salary cap due to the implications of COVID-19, my friend. But uh, yeah, let's roll into free agency. Because, I mean, you know, we're all you, – you and I spoke off the, sh- off the air, but uh, – we're not really sure what the Eagles can do given this current state of their cap. They're obviously going to make moves to try to get under the cap, but uh, uh, reports are suggesting they're going to be players in free agency, and I just don't see it. I don't see how a team with a first-year coaching staff uh, trying to see what they have in the quarterback they have on their roster, uh, including a bunch of other positions that have young players that are expected to take over this year. I don't really see especially given the cap situation, them being players in free agency. I think, uh, if anything, they find that quarterback too to back up Jalen Hurts or just at least for now be that depth behind Jalen Hurts that he's going to need. Uh, but other than that, man, I, I really – I know that you mentioned some names like Tyrell Williams and Zach Pascal off air, and I think those are realistic wide receiver targets to actually look into given what their salaries may be uh, in the free agent market. But other than that, I'm, I'm – I know you can structure contracts, Ed, to make it work, but how is he going to be really twisting his arm if he wants to make stuff and work in free agency? I just don't see it. 
I mean, you don't know how much they're going to have to spend. Right now, they're $43 million about over the cap. That's assuming Jeffrey gets cut, which he will. I mean, Deshaun's already been officially released. Um, so they're $43 million over, and you're just not going to cut $43 million to get to the cap number because then you have no money to go out in free agency or to even sign your own draft picks when you start drafting guys in April. So, you know, they're going to have to get below – 43 million, you know, they're going to probably have to shave another 15 million at least um, on top of that 43 million. So you're looking at what, uh, almost $60 million just to kind of get, uh, become a bare minimum player in free agency. Now you're going to restructure some contracts. I know, you know, Fletcher Cox counts like $23.7 million to the cap. Now he, he's already restructured his deal twice since he signed that six-year extension back in 2016. So, you know, would he be willing to kind of do that again to get players in here? Um, you know, veteran player, team guy, I think he would. So maybe he gets restructured. Um, maybe Grant, Brandon Graham gets some of his money pushed back, some voidable years on the deal. I mean, there's there are ways to restructure deals where you can save money. So, you know, maybe the bloodletting isn't so bad. But, you know, one of their big issues, Connor, right now is Derek Barnett. What are you going to do? Yeah, absolutely. That? I was going to bring that up. Well, what I, I, You have to make him available. You Ten, have to see what the market is for him. Yeah, I mean, he's a $10 million hit on his contract this year. Now, you, you have to find a team willing to take that because he's not a 16-game player. Um, mm-hmm. He always gets hurt little, you know. He's not an every-down pass rusher. He's just not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I like the production he gives when he's healthy. I mean, I know he's only had, I think, 19 and a half sacks in his four years in Philly, or, yeah, four years. Yeah, um, but he's been hurt a lot. Um, but, you know, look, I mean, he you know, he had the big sack in the NFC Championship game. He had the recovered fumble on Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's around the ball. Barnett is always around the ball when he plays. There's no questioning his hustle. You can question some of his decisions. He seems to get, you know, some personal foul penalties. He plays with a real anger and edge. Um, but, you know, they, and then if you get rid of him, then, then what do you have at defensive end? You have Josh Sweat, who – you know, he's got the knees that I know you wrote a great story about. You, you think the knees are ready to go and, the, you know, you can take the wrap off him and play him, you know, 70% of the snaps. But, um, you know, then what do you have? You have Brandon Graham, who'll be 33 years old in April. You have uh, Joe Osman. Um, but but then after that, I mean, what do you have? I mean, you had Casey Tuhill that you drafted and then you kind of let him get claimed by the Washington football team um, when you activated Vinnie Curry, who's a free agent. Um, so you have nobody. So, I mean, it's a real dilemma with Derek Barnett. He's going to cost you $10 million if you keep him. Now you can restructure uh, his deal and maybe push it down the road a little bit and, and get that number lower. But well, if, would he if, be willing to? Hmm? Would he be willing to? That's another thing. And I, I don't know if he would. I mean, if I'm Derek Barnett, and I'm just thinking about myself here, I'm not thinking about the team. I'm a young player with an injury. I have an injury history. I'm going to cash him when I can. Yeah. I didn't ask you to pick me up pick 14. Yeah, but my thing with him is, if you are going to make this work and you're going to make an extension with him and lower that cap hit and give him some long term security, which maybe that's what he does, he would prefer that. Maybe he prefers long term security over money. You need to at least gauge the value on him on the open market, though. I would, I would want to see what teams would offer for him before I give him a long term deal. I know that sounds silly, but he's not a player that has proven worthy of a long term deal. You are just doing it out of spite because of what his money is. Yeah, well, he, and he was the first-round pick, so maybe you do try to hope that. But, but he has not done enough to earn a second contract yet, in no. my opinion. But then how are you going to – what are you going to get back in a return for him? I mean, he's got this exorbitant salary for, you know, an injury situation. And the thing is, is they have to know by March 17th, you know, the new league year starts March 17th, the Eagles have to say yay or nay, we're picking up his contract. If they don't, then he's a free agent. You know, then he's out there for anybody to grab, and the Eagles will save $10 million under the cap. Yeah, that's great. But like I said, who's going to play defensive end? Then you have to look at the draft um, because yeah. like I said earlier, you're not going to be shopping in, you know, the, the, the uh, high rent aisle in free agency in the free agent market um, because you don't have any money. So who who's out there? Like I know Olivier Vernon uh, is out there, but he's hurt towards ACL late right. season. He's not going to be ready till November. Um, I mean, yeah. What free agents would be in the bargain bin aisle as a defensive end that you can bring in? I mean, it's a real, real problem for them uh, as far as this Barnett. That Barnett thing is, to me, uh, the first 
domino that has to fall what you decide to do with him. And that, and then where do you go from there? Who else are you going to cut? Millie Jackson's been talked about. And then that leaves a void on the defensive line. Who's your tackle? Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. And then who? Raekwon Williams, the undrafted free agent from Michigan State last year. Um, you know, T.Y. McGill's a free agent. Hassan Ridgeway's a free agent. I mean, then you're, you know, weakening your defensive tackle position. So there's no easy answers um, as far as Howie Roseman goes in making these decisions to get below the cap. So you can, you know, go out and spend a, f- a few bucks here and there on, you know, probably some no-name type free agents. You're not going to go get the big guns like maybe Xavier Rhodes or whoever, the cornerback, or um, I think even Jacoby Brissett would cost too much money unless he'd be willing to come play for his former coach again. Um, I mean, you need a quarterback I mean, what quarter is Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick going to come uh, on a cheap salary? Uh, maybe, um, but they need to get money first before they can decide who they're going to pursue. Uh, and I'm sure they have an idea of what they're going to do. They almost have to at this point. We're a few days into March, two weeks, the new league year starts, and, and these decisions have to be made. You have to be under the salary cap on March 17th. Um, so they have to at least cut $43 million to have – the salary cap number, but then to be players, you got to go below that. You got to cut another 15 to 20 million. So you can sign your draft picks and get a couple guys in here that can maybe help you in 21. So I think when it comes to Barnett, just to end that real quick, I think there is going to be some changes and I think he may be one of them. I know we're talking about this and saying, well, who are you going to replace him with? It's going to have to be the draft. That's what they're going to have to do. But uh, these guys aren't Jonathan Gannon's players. Derek Barnett was drafted and envisioned to work in Jim Schwartz's defense. Mm-hmm. There's going to be these changes. There's going to be guys that we didn't expect to leave that are going to be gone because they don't think the coaching staff doesn't think they're going to fit their scheme. And I wouldn't be surprised because when I look at Derek Barnett and I, I think, how would he fit with the Indianapolis Colts last year? And I don't think he would. I don't think he would, Ed. You have to be – that is attacking-style defense. Just like, I understand Jim Schwartz was too, but it's different. You have to be at all. You have to be a good pass rusher, and I don't think Derek Barnett's a good enough pass rusher. I really don't. And to go over my point, you can. I don't think he's a three down edge because I think I have to get Josh Sweat in there on the third down. If I'm picking between Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat, hell yeah, I'm taking Josh Sweat to go there out there on third down. Everybody would, I think. So I'm not going to give a guy ten million to not be able to be a three down defensive man. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. So I think he's going to be gone. I do think it's going to be an Derek Barnett error because they're not going to pay him $10 million. And, yes, that is another L for a first-round pick, I guess you could say, because he has he didn't survive his rookie contract. But this is, again, when they're getting rid of these guys that are coming off their rookie contracts, they weren't drafted with those coaching staff. Nelson Aguilar, I know how much – I know what he did in 2017, but he never really worked with Doug Peterson. He never really did outside of that season. They let him go. That was Chip Kelly's first-round pick. Derek Barnett is – Doug Peterson's Jim Schwartz first round pick. This is not that I'm not here anymore. He might be the next. Man, wouldn't that be something if he just got cut and there's no compensation coming back for him? Now, maybe you get a comp pick. Um, no. I would, that's what I'm saying. I'm assuming you would, if somebody offered like, because somebody's going to buy that value. And I think Derek Barnett would fit another system. I, I just don't think he's, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they do think he's a fit. This is just an assumption, obviously. I don't know if but, any team's going to pay 10 million for him. The Eagles might just have. Yeah, to. no, it's just, yeah. And then you look at that 2017 draft class. There won't be anybody left. And this yeah. is four years after the picks where you have to have, this is what sets organizations back. When you completely whiff on a draft like they did in 2017, they had Barnett, Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas, Nate Gary, Matt Collins, Shelton Gibson, I think came in that draft. Uh, defensive tackle, undersized from Washington. I can't remember his name. Elijah something, I think. Um, Elijah Qualls. Elijah Qualls. It all gone. They didn't get anything. Donald Pumphrey was in that draft, too. They got nothing. And that's what kills these organizations, man, is is year four, even year three, these guys you take in that draft class need to be contributors. They need to be starters. Heck, they probably need to be, you know, at least a pro bowler in there somewhere. And, And there's nobody left. I mean, that just kills you. So, you know, if that happens to Barnett, there won't be anybody left from 2017. And what a tragedy that is for this organization. Well, I mean, dude, there's this whole time. Look at the 2016 draft now. Isaac Sayamalu, if Jalen Mills doesn't come back, 
Like it's 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 it's, it's pattern. Wentz, he's out. Isaac Siamali had Halapulavati Vaitai, who you know, look, he helped you win a Super Bowl at least, right? I mean, he was the starter. Siamalu was a key reserve on that team. Um, who, who Samalu was a good player. That, yeah. that was a good pick Siamalu. for the third round. Is a, that was a good pick because he was a starter. Yeah, yeah, and they took, think, and then they, he didn't come to like the seventy sixth pick in the draft. The Eagles picked second, and then they let 74 players come off the board because they gave up all that draft capital to get Carson that mm-hmm. year, and now he's gone. But, again, he helped you win a Super Bowl. He got you that number one seed. Siamalu was key reserve, and Vitae was the starter at left tackle because Peters was out. So that, that to me, was, was a pretty good draft class. Um, well, it was. They just don't stay along with the team. Right. Yeah, but Jalen Mills was in that class, right, like you mentioned, and he, he could still return. I think – you know, when you talk about Eagles in their free agency period, I think Jalen Mills should be um, someone that they should look seriously at bringing back. I really do. I agree. And, and maybe he, because he loves it in Philly, this is the team that drafted him. Maybe he gives you that little bit of a discount. To come well, it all depends on what Jonathan Gannon thinks of right. him. And if he thinks Kayvon Wallace is the same player, Jalen Mills, they're not going to pay Jalen Mills again, I don't think. Right. If they think that they can get – if they think – they can get what Jalen Mills was to this team and Kayvon Wallace. I don't think that they bring back Jalen Mills. But if they bring back Jalen Mills, I think that tells you what they think about Kayvon Wallace too. Mm-hmm. I just think it's bad because those guys, I don't. you can't play Kayvon Wallace at free safety. Not going to happen. You can only play him in Jalen Mills' role. I thoroughly believe that because uh, Kayvon Wallace can play slot pretty well. He can move around. He can be an interchangeable safety. He just can't play center field safety, and neither can Jalen Mills. So if you – I think that matters too. And I think that might be a change. I'm, I, this is me reading way too much into it, being really a loser here. But I saw Jalen Mills at Sidney Jones' wedding, and his hair's not green anymore. Oh, I mean, that's just probably me reading into it because he's at a wedding. I wouldn't. I don't know if he wants to go right there to a wedding, but I mean. I didn't see that. That could there could be something to that because I think if you brought Mills back, it would probably have to be as the cornerback too. Well, the thing is, Darius Slay, and then you draft a corner, oh. and then you groom a corner. Um, oh, that's an interesting point there, my friend. That yeah. is an interesting point. Yeah, and then he also gives you that flexibility of playing safety. So, um, but I think they would bring him if they brought him back. I think it would have to be a CB two behind Slay. He just went on this thing where he posted like all these clips of him playing last year. And I was like, you're trying to sell yourself to somebody. Why do you feel the need to go through and put all these good clips of your highlights of last year, each individual plays, and post them on all your social media platforms because you're trying to have somebody look at that? He wants to get paid. That's he wants, to, Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know if he would give the Eagles a discount at this point, to be honest with you. I think, honestly, if you ask me, he proved he can play safety. I would pay him to be my starting safety. I think a team will play, pay him to be their starting safety if it's not the Eagles. And not just that, because the flexibility. I mean, he can bounce yeah. back and forth the safety corner, which is tremendous value in this league. But listen, you might be right. I mean, especially if he doesn't have the green hair anymore. I mean, that that could be a real telltale sign. It's like, I'm done. I'm going out. I'm going to get paid now uh, because I just showed the value I can bring to you. I can You can line me up at safety and corner, and you're not going to miss a beat. Sir, I mean, we'll see. But uh, going into this quarterback uh, two conversation, the reports are that the Eagles will be players from Marcus Mariota. We already talked about Jacoby Brissett, who I thought is – I still think is a legitimate target because I think if you ask Jacoby Brissett at this point, do you think you're starting quarterback in the league? He's going to say yes. Uh, your best opportunity is if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out and now you're in a position to compete with him. Uh, that's not the worst case to be in because if any other team's going to offer you a deal, I would assume to be a backup the same thing. So, I mean, that's an appealing situation. And you're with the coach you're familiar with. Because, I mean, Chase Daniel followed Doug Peterson here. It's only right that Jacoby Brissett follows Nick Sirianni here. You know, the Colts and the Eagles always love giving back and forth. Might as well have Jacoby Brissett suit up for the Eagles next year. I think but, he, uh, I mean, he made like $21 million last year. I mean, well, he's going to get paid. And so, see, the thing is, the backup quarterbacks, like those guys that have like some kind of starting potential or that you can at least have some faith in to start games for you, the starting quarterback goes down, are going to get paid. And that's going to be, unfortunately, Mariota. I mean, Mariota's contract that he signed with the Raiders is gross as is. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to trade for that deal right now. Mm-hmm. But he's going to get some kind of compensation on the open market. I, and the Eagles are always that type of team that has to bring in the famous backup. That backup either was a starter in this league that's failed. It's got to be Jeff Garcia. It's got to be Vince Young. It's got to be Michael Vick. It's got to be somebody that has some kind of notoriety. And uh, 
I mean, I would think maybe Mariota is that guy. Maybe that is the type of guy that they target. Or Jacoby Brissett. I mean, Jacoby Brissett started games in this league. Yeah, I, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be. I mean, there are teams out there that need starting quarterbacks. The Chicago Bears. What, what are they gonna do? They're in no man's land in the draft, picking number twenty, I think. Nick Foles is their quarterback. Trubisky's a free agent. I would not be surprised because the Bears and the Panthers have always seemed to do deals or like some kind of like their players always go to each other. Uh, the Panthers are shopping Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. I would. I mean, this is again totally off topic, but I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if Teddy Bridgewater goes there, or if I mean, if the Panthers release Teddy Bridgewater and his market's not hot, maybe that's another quarterback the Eagles look at. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that in re- relation to Marcus Mariota. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe the Bears are in Mariota. That makes sense. Yeah, or I mean, Washington. or Washington. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, Washington needs a quarterback. I think the Eagles go more like the route, like a Tyrod Taylor, who I think you can get for cheaper. Or a, that's a known backup. That's and, a known backup. And even Alex Smith, you know, I mean, what would he? Oh man, I don't know. And I know I've seen that man, but I mean, I don't know. And I don't think he wants to be a backup. I think he wants to try to actually compete. I think if you brought him in, he knows he's going to be backing up. And I think he wants to – I mean, he didn't go through that crazy rehab to, to, to fix his leg. Right. But did you right. see him – I mean, do you think he was good last year when you saw him play? Because I don't. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, he'd been away forever. He's coming back this crazy injury – coming off this crazy injury. It's a definitely good field goal story, but I mean, I would not be confident with Alex Smith if Jalen Hurts goes down. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, he had a very small sample size yes, uh, last year coming off a serious injury, um, playing behind a line that, you know, was was not the best. Um, I, sure. you know, so you don't know. I mean, he had a lot of rust. Um, you, you don't know. Would you give him number 11? <laughs> Darn right, I would. What are you keeping number eleven for? I, oh yeah, you're not keeping. No, please yeah, do not. It, I, they it, have to get that number away as soon as they can. Jamar Chase, give it to Jamar Chase. Say Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, give it. Although he would be a tight end, so he'd have to get a number. No, 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 no. Kyle Pitts is positionless. Give it to Kyle Pitts. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, you know, look, I would give number eleven away tomorrow. I mean, no question. I mean, you can't – it's not like you're holding that for anybody. Oh, we're going to start a whole debate with this one. I, I can't wait until we talk about all this information in this episode. We debate on these couple things. And then the one takeaway people have on this is that should the Eagles retire number 11? Because these guys don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they hang it for a year. Maybe they keep it in mothballs for a year and then wait till 22 and hand it out. I, I love Sheedy McCoy. Give that number away too, man. Like it's time. Yeah. Like I, I, he was a great running back for your franchise, but he's he's played a long time in this league past you guys. Yeah, like it's a little weird. Yeah, the only I number I think the only two numbers I really think are acceptable for the Eagles to keep retired. Maybe three, three. I only think there's three. I know you're gonna say. I know one of them. Well, yeah, you definitely know one of them. Dawkins, obviously, but Reggie White, you have to. Reggie Red was the Minister of Defense. Like, he, you have to. Yeah. Uh, it's going to kill me to say this because it's the, the, between the two of these guys. Well, I'd say Bill Burgundy. 66. But I wasn't expecting that. Not Bill Burgundy. Sorry. Chuck Derrick. Sorry. I get those guys confused all the time. Chuck Derrick, number 60. That, that deserves to be retired. Jerome Brown, I would love to. Re- I. It's tough because he was just taken too soon, way too soon. Yeah. And that, that was so heartbreaking for Philadelphia. I mean, I I, I, watched, I, mean, I didn't live through that, so that's why everybody's going to be like, well, your opinion doesn't matter then. But, I mean, watching that, that documentary with Reggie White and all that stuff on the NFL Network did the features on them, you can understand how much he meant to Philadelphia, and you can understand why that number's retired. But uh, those three to four guys, I think that's it. Yeah, well, there's more than that. I mean, but there's like, way more than that. The Eagles are very lenient with that. It, you have to. I mean, you're going to run out of numbers eventually if you keep retiring guys like Kelsey. You know, sixty. Uh, what's he? Sixty-two. Yeah, or you see how many games. You can't do that. I I love Jason Kelsey. You can't yeah. do that. I don't even know if McNabb deserves it. To be honest with you, man, I love McNabb too. But I mean, this guy had. I mean, when you're looking at quarterback stats, even back when during his playing days, they're not the best. Like they're not insane. They're not top. Three like how about Manning and and all of them were still having crazier stats and like way crazier stats in that bag then and it was even a, a passing era league back then. 
How about number 86? Going, going no. to hire that one? No. I love Ertz, but no. No. That doesn't make sense. Ertz? Isn't that Ertz? Yeah, I love Ertz, but that doesn't make sense, man. I don't think – I mean, I, you have to be – One year. No tight end in NFL history ever. I, I completely appreciate it, man. But, you, you're, I mean, you're talking about Dawkins and Reggie White, and you're talking about Ertz. Like, one's way higher than the other. Like, that, these guys are – we're, I love Zach Ertz, great player, and I think some people will disagree with this, and especially because we're you know, the family. But there's just he's not a distinguished Hall of Famer yet. He can be a Hall of Famer. I just I don't I know I can't retire his number. No way, no, there's not. I can't. He's done great things for the city, and I will always remember him. But I'm I can't. Have if you're not going to retire Terrell Owens' number for Philly, I know he didn't play here that long, but I mean. That guy's the third best wide receiver in NFL history, hands down, mm-hmm. if not the second. Like, that's different. Dawkins is arguably the best safety, if not in the top three. Mm-hmm. Reggie White, top three defensive ends all the time. No that's doubt. different. Donovan, see, I'm doing Zach Hurst and Donovan Nabb on the same level of Eagles legendary, which I think people think was crazy for me to say that now too. But those guys were great at their positions during their time of playing careers, but they're never all-time greats. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what number would be cool to see somebody wear? And I, I don't even know if the NFL allows this double zero, you know, like Jim Otto. Man, you can't take swoops number. <laughs> <laughs> I think swoop would give it up. You know, you, you make oh, a nice yeah. steak dinner. Uh, you know, double zero. man, that you call him double agent. <laughs> that would be a good lineman's number, like Jim Otta, the center from the Raiders. I mean, that would be a cool number for, like, Jack Driscoll to come back and wear double zero. Or, Jack uh, Driscoll. That. You know, that's a good center number, man. You're right in the center of everything. You're you're, you're the starting point. You're double zero. So if they go out and draft, like, Creed Humphrey or uh, – wasn't he in your mock draft that you did? Yeah, Creed Humphrey, baby, third round. I, if I'm Humphrey, I'm coming in and I'm saying, man, can I get double zero? I'm the center – I, hey man, that's fine with me. I would yeah. love that. I would I love, love that too. Zero what a great segue into our next segment, though, because you just brought up our mock drafts for Sports Illustrated. So how did we get on the jersey thing, man? That was good. I like that. Because I, you know, you and I just talking, things just happen, man. Yeah. The whole conversations really come up. That's why people like listening, and I really appreciate everybody listening. So yep, let's get into these mock drafts, baby. All of our box were crazy different. It's so funny because for guys who communicate and talk to each other on a daily basis, our mocks were absurdly different. I mean, yep. you went defensive heavy. Yep. I went what most people think is the dream pick. And John went with the quarterback to cause controversy. <laughs> like, it's it's not – I mean, that's – and, and – by all means, John's entitled to his beliefs, and it, I thought all his reasons were very logical, sound, and smart. Yeah, of course. He covers a sport. He knows what he's talking about. Because, of course, I mean, and I, I saw him tweet it out himself. Like, people killed him for his mock, and I'm like, that's stupid. Justin Fields is an incredibly talented quarterback, second-best quarterback prospect in this draft, in my opinion. Uh, Mel Kuypers, too. Mel Kuyper said he's a second-ranked quarterback uh, when he was on a conference call uh, earlier in the week. So, yeah, you, you and Mel Kuyper right on that same wavelength, dude. Well, because everybody's gets stuck in the with a Ohio State quarterback. I'm like, he's Ryan Day's quarterback, and Ryan Day's an NFL coach, mm-hmm. not Urban Meyer. Just get the Ohio State stigma out of your head and watch the film. See what the guy does. Like, people think when I'm saying I'm, uh, I think they should go in on Jalen Hurts. Like, I'm, I'm so in on Jalen Hurts. They're like, well, you're missing the point of these talented guys, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I know they're talented. I know these guys are great, but. What I'm saying is, you haven't seen the best of Jalen Hurts. He's very raw. He's very underdeveloped. When you get to the best of Jalen Hurts, you might really have a franchise-caliber quarterback there. I truly believe that. And I thought that leading into the draft next year, go go tweet search it. But this year, I think when you had that type of quarterback, build upon that and give him the weapons instead of restarting the process. Now, if the Eagles feel like they need to restart the process, I'm going to support that then. Because those quarterbacks are talented. Justin Fields is very good. I'm not that big on Zach Wilson, and I'll tell you why. But Trey Lance is a guy that I'm also high on. But again, very raw, very unfin. You need to really work on the, the technical issues with him. The mechanics are a work in progress, just like I thought Jalen Hurts was work. So 
I think if you take trade Lance, you're restarting your process over with Jalen Hurts all over again, except you just got a quarterback with probably a better arm in the process. That's what I just think about that. Yeah. But when we're talking about Justin Fields, all right, he kind of sold me because Justin Fields is probably the Deshaun Watson of this draft class. The guy that isn't getting the hype that he should be after all he did for his program. Very, very ready to be an NFL starting quarterback day one. Shouldn't even be on the bench. And is incredibly accurate and has a very good arm. Whereas you look at Zach Wilson and I'm like, great one-year wonder so far. Yes, you question the level of competition, but, I mean, if you're going to do that, then you have to do it for Trey Lance too, and I hate that. I hate that argument. But my thing with 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 uh, Zach Wilson is I think he can be talented. I think he can be a starting quarterback, but he reminds me too much of Jared Goff mixed with Jeff Garcia, which is, is fine, but I don't think that's something you can hang your hat on. And I mean, Jared Goff's on his second team for a reason. This team that drafted him wanted to upgrade for a quarterback for a reason. I, I, I think Zach Wilson is too boom and bust. Whereas you look at Justin Fields, safe. It's a safe prospect. That's why I have to keep him number two. Trey Lance, I think, given the fact that he worked in an NFL caliber offense, a West Coast type system, he'll get the fundamentals of it. He'll get everything you ask of him coming into the league. But he just needs you to work on his mechanics. He needs you to work on the body stuff because that's where he's was allowed to just do whatever he needed to do because his first read, whatever they schemed open, was always open and at that level of competition. But I still think he can use his arm talent. I still think he can be accurate. I still think he can serve the field uh, very well. His accuracy is just dependent on his footwork. Whereas Zach Wilson, I think this guy really want, tries to run out of the pocket a lot. He tries to wait and create and let, make, let his other – he trusts his players to make plays. And I get that. It's just not how the NFL works. So I question Zach Wilson more than I do the rest of the quarterbacks in this class. I know a lot of people are going to disagree. But uh, when I say build upon Jalen Hurts and I think they're going to stick with Jalen Hurts, that's not me saying I don't think these quarterbacks are better than Jalen Hurts. That's that's not me saying like they should they shouldn't even consider these quarterbacks. They're going to do their homework on them. We said it the last episode that we recorded. They're going to do their homework. They have to. You don't know if you're 100 percent set of quarterbacks. You have to look at the prospects coming in, especially when you're picking the top ten. Somebody might want to trade for that pick to land that quarterback. The Panthers might want to move up. The 49ers might want to move up. They might want to land that quarterback and secure that quarterback. So you need to know what you're passing on before you trade those picks. So by all means, do the homework. Yeah. No, you need to know if they're better than Jalen Hurts or not. You need to know if you could build around them for the next ten years, or if you want to stick with what you got. So by all means, but uh, if I was to go on my rankings, Ed, if we're excluding Trevor Lawrence from this, because that's a, that's a joke to even put him in it, it would be number one Justin Fields, two Trey Lance, three, but a long three is Zach Wilson. Because I would, if I wanted to go in order of what I really want to do with the Eagles, it would be one Jalen Hurts, two Justin Fields, three Trey Lance, and then forget it. There's no, no other option. No Mac Jones in there. I'm not, so I know why people like Mac Jones, and I get it, man. But uh, I just don't think Mac Jones will be a much. I compare him to a guy like Andy Dalton, whereas yes, he can play for you. He can start for you. He can make the smart plays. He can get it to where you, your scheme depends on him to get it to, but he's never going to elevate your team. I don't think he's going to. I know he did at Alabama, but I mean, it's Alabama. Every quarterback they have starting underneath them elevates that team because of the talent that they have, the powerhouse that they are. I don't know if he can do that in the NFL. I really severely question that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, he's climbing draft boards, Mike Jones. Yes. I think he's going to be a first round pick. Yeah. And what people I just, like, I, I don't know if he's ever going to be worth it. People like Zach Wilson because he can make those off-platform throws. He doesn't have to have his feet set. He doesn't have to have the great mechanics. He can throw from every angle, uh, which reminds some of these scouts and probably a lot of GMs of Patrick Mahomes, who can do the same type of stuff. Um, yeah, I've seen that. But I take that with a, I take that with a grain of salt because I, I don't think he has the arm talent of Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that I don't think they're on the same talent sphere. I think it's nice when you make those play out. You can't always make them in the NFL. You have to be an anomaly. Patrick Mahomes is an anomaly. I don't think Zach Wilson is, but again, that's just an opinion. That's just an opinion. He may be because I know everybody wasn't high on Patrick Mahomes coming out of Texas Tech. Yeah, well, listen, I'm not stepping into the quarterback trap at number six for the Eagles. 
Uh, there's no way. I mean, I think it's a big smoke screen, you know, that suddenly there's this leaked information that the Eagles are going to look at quarterbacks. And yeah, I'm sure they are, but I'm sure it's out there for a reason too. Um, and that's to get teams behind them that need quarterbacks to maybe come up to the Eagles and try to get their pick, which can go back. I mean, not only that, Ed, you just had a quarterback that you trusted to be your franchise quarterback that couldn't handle right. bringing in a second round quarterback. Why don't you leak this out? Why don't you have that out there and be okay with that being out there and see how Jalen Hurts responds? Yeah. Because he would sell us, and you know how his response so far is he's preparing for next season. Yep. I don't worry about it. Yeah, I don't think Hurts will respond negatively at all. I mean, or even, I mean, I don't think it's going to make him work any harder because I think he already works pretty hard. And yeah, I mean, he really wants to be a success in the NFL. So, you know, I just think it's a motivation to deal that pick. Uh, the Eagles never let you know truly what they're thinking when it comes to the draft. I mean, ever. I mean, you never know what they're going to do in the draft because they never let it be known. So now all of a sudden they let it be known that we're going to look at quarterbacks. I mean, okay, they are, but I don't think they're going to pick one. I really don't. I mean, I'm with you. I think this is Hurts' game. I think you put weapons around him. Um, and I think you have to build the defense. And, uh, you know, you mentioned my mock. I went really heavy, obviously, on the defense. Because I think there are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. You know, you're looking at the Panthers at eight, the Broncos at nine. Could they jump up and the Eagles move back a little? Um, the 49ers at 12 could use a quarterback. And that, that was my mock draft. I had them moving back to number 12 uh, with the 49ers and getting the 49ers second round pick, number 44 overall. Uh, to make that drop down, you know, but the Patriots need a quarterback at 15. The Bears are in no man's land at 20 to try to get a quarterback. And and then there's uh, the Washington football team. I, I think I think they're number 19 in the draft. Um, they need a quarterback. So, I mean, there are so many options that if you're the Eagles and you want picks and you want to try to build this roster that has so many holes, to me, it only makes sense to trade back. But then at that point, at number six, you're you're foregoing the possibility of taking a Hall of Fame player. I mean, let's face it. You pick in the top ten, whoever it is you pick should become a Hall of Fame player. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's that's the range that you're in. Those ten best players in the draft should at least be able to make a push for the Hall of Fame. Every year in the draft, because like you're hitting on right now, Somebody's gonna call my if they're gonna test Miami to see if they're sold on Tua, and I think Miami's gonna say they're sold on Tua, and they're gonna say, "Hey, we'll give you whatever you need for that pick, build around Tua, because we want Zach Wilson because the Jets just passed on him. We want, and I mean, not even just not even that. Maybe even the Jets are listening because mm-hmm. you know how Joe Douglas is; he's always answering calls. So, where I think where the Eagles come into play with this picking at six. That's the best pick because that's always when one of these players that should be the first player picked in this draft or the second player picked in this draft gets pushed down the board because those teams that are desperately need a quarterback. Look, San Francisco desperately needs a quarterback. They need to get a guy in there. Carolina, they desperately need a quarterback. They got to give Matt Rule their guy. They got to give Drew Brady a guy to have, well, for at least one year. Washington, Chicago, New England. These teams are going to make aggressive plays to get quarterback. They're going to get the picks in front of the Eagles. You're going to push that Jamar Chase down that board. Yeah. yeah. You're going to push Penn- – I don't think Penn is so well because I really think Cincinnati is going to stay there for and take him. I just – I really believe it. I would be surprised if the Jets end up taking him, to be honest with you. Yeah, they could. They really could because they really need to see what Yeah, but they got to build that line. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a sweet spot. I think six in the draft is a sweet spot for the I'm Eagles. Saying, you get to the chance when you're at six – I think, and everybody thinks it's crazy. I think your Jamar Chase might be the victim of being pushed down that board because those teams need to go move up and get the quarterback. We're confident. And if those guys are on the board at six, the Eagles are going to have to look, think long and hard because, look, everybody's always talking about Kyle Pitt, tight end. Why would you take a tight end at six? If Travis Kelsey, knowing what we know about Travis Kelsey now, is in this draft you and he's on the board at six, you take him at six and you don't ask any questions. That guy can play receiver and tight end as well. Right. Kyle Pitts is the same thing as Travis Kelsey to me. Uh, that's the type of player I think he's going to be. So, yes, he is a tight end, but he can play on the outside. He can play receiver. He can play slot. He can do everything. If Tra- if if I believe that he can be Travis Kelsey, then, yes, he's worth the sixth pick in this draft, absolutely, and Andy Reid would agree with that as well. So my whole thing with it, if the Eagle, I think the Eagles are in the best position in this draft, picking at six, because either A, 
those teams move and they're going to move up before the Eagles. You're when you're talking about securing a quarterback, you're not talking about securing him at six. You're talking about securing him at two or three or four, because you already know number one's going a quarterback's going number one. So the rest is a free fall right now. Just like when when the Rams traded up to number one with Tennessee to get Jared Goff, and the Eagles already knew who they were taking, they felt comfortable to move up to number two because they wanted Wentz, and they knew that hey they had some kind of indication. I mean, uh, Wentz and Goff had the same agency; it wasn't really that hard. They felt they needed to do that. Whatever team feels that they need to get Zach Wilson now, or Justin Fields, or even Trey Lance, they're 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 contemplating these move ups right now. So either the Eagles move back, gain picks, build around Jalen Hurts even more, or they have that player that you're talking about, that Hall of Fame type caliber player, fall right into their laps because he's pushed down the board just like every other type of player is that should be picked one or two because that those aggressive teams went up and got their quarterbacks. I love being having the sixth pick. I love it. Yeah, and not getting too cute, just staying at six and taking the best player available. You know, my trade back in there. I know we talked about this off air. um, Is the Eagles getting back into the later part of the first round? So if they trade back at six and pick up another second round pick or a third round pick, then you have a little more ammo maybe to move up from, you know, your 37th overall picks in the second round. you can move back into the first round and you can grab, I know you like JC, uh, JC Horn. JC Horn would be amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you imagine getting pits at five and JC Horn at like 29 or 28. I mean, that would be a great draft for the Eagles. That's, I mean, that's kind of the draft that they need to be honest with you. When you yeah. have a first coach and the staff that you're trying to rejuvenate, retool, re, even rebuild this roster, you need to influx your, your team with, Incredible talent. Those, there you go. Boom, boom, boom. Right there. Yep. Kyle, JC Horn. That's a dream. And not only that, I mean, they have the picks next year to play with. You can trade the picks from next year, and I mean, they're in a position where I think Carson Wentz is going to play seventy-five percent of the snaps. He's playing twelve games for the Colts. It's going to happen. So that's two first-round picks. You have a second-round pick next year, third round. You can play with that now too, and say, hey, I moved back, got a couple picks, got Kyle Pitts because. I got I when I moved back I didn't go that far I I went probably to eight with Carolina and I'm gonna take Kyle Pitts before Dallas or New York can got the guy I want use the picks that I got for that trade back into the first round from 37 boom land the corner hopefully J C Horn that'd be a dream come true I mean and then you I'm have not- third rounders you still have your two third rounders 70 and then the Colts pick that you got from uh, the Carson Wentz trade so. Yeah, I mean, that would be – I mean, that, you're right. That's exactly the kind of draft the Eagles need. Um, and Howie, to me, is the kind of GM that can pull that off because just because of the nature of, of how he likes to make moves and, and is aggressive. Um, My question is, do they feel confident to do it in this draft with no combine and no real feel of a guys? Or, or are they thinking, you know what, next year we have these two first-round picks. We got, we got more picks. We'll probably get more picks after this draft this year because I think a lot of teams are going to trade – uh, their picks this year to get picks next year because you would hope by then this COVID situation has some kind of containment uh, where you can have an NFL combine and really look at guys. So maybe that happened because it happened it happened this past year. So may happen again this year since nothing has really changed on the COVID front. Uh, but I mean, yeah. they have options, Ed. Yeah, that's for all the doom and, for all the doom and gloom. This team finally has some options of how they're going to rebuild it. Yeah, I mean that that you just made a very good point there about how these evaluations, this uh, draft are completely different with no combine. You've had players who've opted out last year, Trey Lance being, you know, one of those, but well, actually I think it was North Dakota state postponed it's yeah, it was, uh, into the spring. It wasn't necessarily that he opted out, but others have. And so you're going to have guys that you're going to be looking at 2019 film and then projecting two years later, how they're going to fit into your system. And, um, did they do the right things to improve themselves? Um, and you're going to have guys that are going to probably be underdrafted because they didn't play this past year or their team had the interrupted schedule or only played seven games like Penn State did in the Big Ten. So, um, you know, you're going to have guys that there's going to be questions about and where do they fall? So it's a 
the draft's always a big crapshoot, very inexact science, but now you factor in all this stuff and how did players handle the interruptions in the season? You know, you didn't even know if you were playing in some cases from week to week, if your game was going to be postponed. I know the Big Ten had games that were postponed. So, you know, you had meetings that were virtual most of the time. Um, How did players deal with that? So evaluating these guys is going to be awfully challenging. So next year, you're right. I think we probably will have a combine if, if everything we're hearing is true, that there's going to be vaccines available by May for every adult American. Um, we can start to get back to normal already. You know, Phillies games here in Philadelphia, they're allowing 8,800 fans in for games and indoor with the Flyers and the Sixers are going to allow 3,000 fans. So I imagine that we're going to be, once we hit the fall, that we're probably going to be back online for a full stadium, I would guess. So I would think next year in February, next week would normally be the combine. I think this year um, Mm -hmm. it was canceled. So, you know, next Feb, in the February, early March, we're going to have a combine and you're going to be able to get back to evaluating guys the way you did last year. Uh, and that might make the Eagles a little more comfortable in their evaluations and other teams. Um, and now you have two first round picks probably. And if not, you have two second round picks. So, I mean, they're in a good situation next year, no doubt about it. Um, it's just a matter of managing and navigating this draft coming up, which is going to be great. I mean, look at all this intrigue we've, we've talked about quarterback weapon. You know, we haven't even talked about the potential for a defensive player getting picked. At well, that's what I'm going to go into right now. Let's just, let's talk about our mock drafts. You yeah. really think, that, I mean, I don't, I'm not really sure how many mocks we're even going to make. Cause I know that you and I aren't really huge on those quick pay type things. Cause I mean, they're good to talk about, but yeah. I mean, to do like eight of them is ridiculous. I think you need like at least three tops. Yeah, well, I think we do another one after the free agency period has run its course a little. That makes sense. See, another one makes sense because that, now we have a clear, clear picture. A clear picture, and then maybe right before the draft. So I'm looking at at least three. That's what I'm saying. Three. Yeah. If you do more than three, you're just yeah. you're starving for content. I feel yeah. like. And our first and our first one was only three rounds. You know. So yeah. I want to. I want to go deeper with the next one, and then the one after that because I'm looking at a minimum of three right now. So I want to go all seven rounds um, with these picks. Absolutely. Um, we just went three rounds this first go because it's the end of February. We're just trying to generate people's minds to, you know, trying to stimulate other ideas and possibilities with this mock. Um, oh, I'd love to. Talk we were, if, if you guys are familiar with uh, the Eagle Mavin of Sports Illustrated, we, John McMullen, Ed, and myself, we, we all did these, these mock drafts that he's talking about and, completely different style each and every single one. I love that because most, most of these sites and I'm no, no discredit to them and, and stuff, but I mean, it seems like everybody's always on the same page when discussing stuff and their mocks are so similar. And I'm, I'm looking at our mocks. I'm like, wow. Yeah. The difference between our mock, even Zach's, I mean, there was, there was a clear difference between all of it. And I, I loved it. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, is uh, the uh, Zach Patra, the, um, He's on the SI channel too. He's got the uh, NFL draft uh, Bible. Uh, does a great job. He knows his prospects inside and out. He's the president of that operation there. So uh, he did a mock draft and he did it for all 32 teams. Um, and oh, yeah, they do great work over there. I love the draft Bible. Ryan Roberts over there does a great job too. Yeah, yeah, they have a, they have quite a staff and uh, you know Rick Saratella. But um, yeah, I mean it, it was it, we didn't even collaborate. <laughs> You know, it's not like I called you or texted you and said, hey, man, what are you thinking for the first pick? Oh, no, none of us did that. We just, let's see these mock drafts. Yeah. We just did our thing, and they turned out to be so different. Um, so that was cool. I mean, that was surprising. Yeah. I thought we'd have some overlap, and I think I had an overlap with Zach for my second-round pick of the line. Oh, I had – yeah, I had an overlap with Zach for Darius uh, Washington. But yeah. that I, – I mean, he and I are on the – I was on the same page with him for that. That's, that's what I thought would be – a Jonathan Gannon type player. Yeah. That's why when I'm looking at these these players, I'm trying to think like, what did Indianapolis like to do on defense? Because Jonathan Gannon loved it. it seemed like him and Matt Eberflus were on the same page from what I read on almost everything in, in terms of secondary. They really let Jonathan Gannon decide what to do for coverages. Yeah. So I'm like, what, what kind of players for the most? I, and I, if I'm going with the rounds that we were picking in with the picks that we had, uh, I would assume Tyson Campbell would be on the board at 37. That's a perfect corner, I think, for a John Gann type system if he wants to emulate what he did with Xavier Rhodes. That's the perfect corner there at 37. Uh, we're talking about safeties and undersized safeties that are that center field type player. They're not going high in this draft. 
Like Buda Baker and Tyron Matt, Buda Baker was a second round pick. Uh, the Cardinals only drafted him because they knew that he could be the next Tyron Matthew. If, if the Cardinals didn't take him, I don't know if he goes that high in the second round. And then Tyron Matthew went in the third round. I know he had character concerns, but really the concerns were the, was the size. Because back before Tyron Matthew was drafted, you couldn't be that small to play safety. Now he pretty much revolutionized the safety position, what you can do. So those guys, like, like I said in the, in the blurb, they opened the door for safeties like that. And I think when you're talking about – because Rodney Clouds going to be on this team next year, I believe, Ed. I think because, I mean, if you get rid of him, it only hurts your cap anyways, yeah. uh, even if you trade him too. But I, I think you need to continue with some leaders on this team. You get to build a culture. I think Ryan McLeod showed you last year that he still has stuff left in the tank, especially since you're now opening the doors for him to really be that Malcolm Jenkins type role. Yeah. Uh, you're not asking him to do the center field stuff that much anymore. You're asking him to be more the Malcolm Jenkins type. I think you can ask Ryan McLeod to do that for a couple more years. So I think he might stay. But what a perfect situation to learn from him. If you're Darius Washington and then Creed Humphrey, the whole dynamic of that was, I think a lot of people get stuck when, cause I always see people say that safety doesn't, I mean, that center doesn't fit because he's not like Jason Kelsey, but we all forget that Jason Kelsey is an anomaly. Jason Kelsey's not a prototypical center. He would at his size. I mean, again, he was a six round pick. Nobody, nobody thought he was going to be what he is now. So again, he's an anomaly. They're not going to be looking for what Jason Kelsey, the prototype he was. The, they wanted Isaac Sayamalu to be that that center at his size uh, when Doug Peterson was originally hired. It just didn't work out because Jason Kelsey bounced back and became the all-pro player that he, we know him to be. Well, I'm thinking they're wanting a Ryan Kelly-type size guy like they had in Indianapolis. They want a big guy. That's why I picked Creed Humphrey in the third round. thought he would be a perfect type, and he already has a uh, repertoire with your quarterback. Perfect. Perfect situation. You get the big boy in, uh, center, and you keep Sayamalu left guard where I believe he should stay at. But uh, yeah, that's my mock draft, and then you went defensive heavy. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I did. I um, I, I went well. I had them trading down with the 49ers to twelve, so right. that kind of puts you in range of Christian Barmore, who I love in this draft. I really like Barmore a lot. You know, I, I got a, some grief over it. Well, it's too early for him, but I've seen him going as high as sixteen. I, I've seen him in the first round in a lot of drafts, so. Um, you know, why wouldn't you take him? I mean, that's right around the range where the Eagles took Fletcher Cox years ago. And this guy to me would be your next Fletcher Cox with the caveat that he can play outside too. I mean, he's got the size. I think he's got the motor. He's 6'5", 310 pounds. He's a big dude. So you can line him up outside. So it gives you a little versatility there, but you know, defensive tackle for sure. You know, you can learn under Fletcher Cox, uh, consummate professional. He learned under Trent Cole. Trent Cole taught him how to be a pro, and that Fletcher can pass that on to uh, someone uh, like Christian Barmore, who I love, an Alabama guy. Um, and then I went in the second round, and, I, you know, I still had that Zaven Collins from Tulsa there sitting there in the second round at 37. And um, you know, I think you plug him into the middle. He gives you a face of your defense. He's a rangy, tall guy who can go sideline to sideline. He can cover. Um, you know, uh, I, I think he would be fine next to like an Alex Singleton, an off-the-ball type player. Um, you know, they need to bring some linebackers in here. But having thought about it now, I, I'm not so sure now if I, in hindsight, I would go with that pick. I might go with a receiver um, at that slot. Um, but – I do like Collins a lot and I think they need help, but you hope that Sean Bradley and Davion Taylor uh, can take that next step. I mean, they spent two picks on linebackers last year. I'm not sure they would go with a second or third. That's what I my linebacker pick. Cause a lot of people, that's the only grief I got from my mock was I didn't take a linebacker in the first. Yeah. I know people want linebackers, but I'm not so sure in hindsight. I want to get the value out of Davion Taylor. They are. It's That's a Howie Rosen pick. So he's, he's going to say, Hey, like, Let's see what we have in him because I think he can fit this system too. I mean, well, who knows? But I mean, again, yeah. third round pick, they're going to want to see the value return at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I have them picking in the 44 spot with the Niners. I had them taking, uh, I think I had them taking a cornerback there. Um, the kid from Syracuse, whose name Ifianu uh, Malafanu, I think his name is. Um, and then I have them going with Richie Grant, a safety. Uh, who I love his, uh, he's always around the ball. He had 10 interceptions in 46 games with Central Florida, five fumble uh, recoveries, um, a real playmaker on the back end. And I like Richie Grant. I think he's got decent size. And then I finally have him going offense with a tight end, you know, Hunter Long, who I really like a lot because I think he's a good blocker. 
Um, and I think he's a reliable pass catcher. They didn't use him a whole lot in the past game. I think he had maybe 200 and some yards as, as last year at BC, but he can catch the ball. I, I've seen some tape on him that, you know, he's got good hands uh, and he can block. So, you know, you grab him uh, with that final pick, um, you know, from the Colts at 84, uh, you get your offensive guy. And then, like I said, we only did three rounds. So then from there, I'm probably building, uh, you know, in the fourth round, I might take a receiver, um, you know, going forward. Certainly, I think a running back needs to be in play at some point and even a quarterback. Um, so, you know, then I'm going offense. So really, I'm kind of going defense heavy. And then, you know, people got upset with that. But then they didn't see the tail end of the draft, the third day of the draft, which I'm going to go offense heavy. So it'll all balance out in the long run. Yep. Makes complete sense. I mean, uh, you know, I really think that's like the fourth round probably is the range to take a quarterback. Like a Davis Mills, like you you suggested before. And we're doing these quarterback profiles for a reason. I mean, I do think in the fourth round is probably a time where they look at quarterback. I yeah. do think they're going to bring a guy in because I don't – they don't. Have, they don't have a fourth round pick right now. Um, now that I think, I mean, of it. yeah, but I, yeah, I could see them into the fourth yeah. round. Though. That I, that's that's they're the. I mean, you know, they have some guys on this team where I think they're going to try to ship off for a fourth. Get, round. I think they're going to get. One. I think they'll get yeah, one. I think they'll get one too. You know why they don't have one? Do you, do you know that? You know that, right? Why that? Why they don't have a fourth round? Because they traded it for Jannard Avery two years ago to the Cleveland Browns, and Avery, they're going to try to play a linebacker as kind of a last ditch. Yeah, last ditch effort, like you said. I'm not really going to hold my breath. <laughs> but uh, it's a shame that they had to give up a fourth round pick for that guy. I mean, I you know he had a great game in the in San Francisco last year, sack and a half, and made some plays. But we do this thing where we love to like hold on to something crazy like the Eagles doing this with Jernard Avery where we're like, this is, this is going to be it. This is the position he should always play. Now he's going to be like, that's going to be the biggest preseason story I can call it right now. It's going to be like, wow, he's, he's moving around camp. He's looking good. Like this is where he was supposed to be all along. Maybe they have something in here. Maybe that's why they didn't draft Michael Parsons or, or take a linebacker that early. Maybe they actually have the answer and it's never going to amount to anything. Right. It's going to happen every, it happens like, I feel like it happens every year. Yeah. So that's, I think it's going to be something like that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I would going back to your your pick of Xavier Collins. That's if the Eagles are going to take a linebacker. I, I I know that everybody. I mean, again, the, this is. I think they're finally going to take a step back and say, "Look, let's let this new coaching staff tell us what they think is right or what they think we should do." And let's try that approach this time instead of being so hands on because we let them pick their staff. We might as well let them have a really bigger say on the players. I don't. I still don't think they're going to take a linebacker at six. Yeah. Only going to take Parsons, but if they get Xavier Collins in the second round, I mean, that, they took Michael Kendricks in the second round. I think they could. I think second round they would be open. They would open the door to it a little bit, especially with how abused they are at the position. Xavier Collins and Alex Singleton makes me sleep at night. Yeah, yeah, like that could finally be like, hey, this is this is it. I mean, the the Colts got Darius Slaughter in the second round. It's not like you have to take a first round pick with a linebacker. I think Levante David was even a second round pick too. Bobby yeah. Wagner's a third, I think. So, I mean, it's not like you have to take these guys in the first round to get a, a really stud linebacker. And I think Xavier Collins at 37 is exceeds that value. Yeah, I don't, I'd don't. i be surprised if he's there for sure. He might uh, be a first-round pick. He might. You're right. I, yeah, I think I could see him going late first round, uh, maybe to the Patriots even at, you know early. Um, I mean, I think he's that good of a player. I really do. I think he's a, a hitter. He, he's got a high IQ. He can move. Um, but yeah, the Eagles, you know, there's, just seems to be this kind of, and, and, you know, it's, I don't want to call it a misconception, but the Eagles do put some resources in linebacker. I mean, it's not like they completely, uh, ignore the position, you know, they, they brought in Camus Grugier Hill in free agency when the Patriots cut him, they, you know, they traded for Nigel Bradham, they drafted Jordan Hicks in the third round. Um, you know, so they have invested some resources. It's just that they haven't decided to do that in the first round. Um, but they do, you know, put some resources they in. Paid Bradham. They paid Bradham. They, I mean, just this past year, they're so thin there with Nathan Gary and um, Duke Riley and, you know, some of these other cast-off players that they used. I mean, it just wasn't a good look for the inexperience. And fortunately, Singleton, Alex Singleton, really stepped up and had a monster year, um, you know, and really showed that he could be a piece moving forward for uh, – you know, Jonathan Gannon's defense, but, you know, it, you know, such a drain on that position. Jordan Hicks left for Arizona and, 
you know, uh, Nigel Bradham never came back. So, you know, you lost a couple of key guys, Camus Gruger Hill, another experienced player. I mean, you know, suddenly they're not there anymore over the period of two years and that left you thin and they didn't really address it other than spending some late round picks on Sean Bradley and Davion Taylor, who was a third rounder, but Jim Schwartz never used those guys. He never trusted them for whatever reason. Um, but you hope that, they got it right with those picks and they can do something more this year. And maybe the Eagles don't want to go take a linebacker that early again, because they took two last year. Um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, there's, like I said, there's a lot of decisions that need to be made from this front office and Howie and it all starts with free agency and the cuts and getting into the salary cap. And that's coming up as we speak. All right, guys. Again, you can catch all the articles from us at sportsillustrated.com slash Eagles from Ed and John and myself. We'll be back soon recording again. We're back on schedule. Everything's back in motion at Ready to Rock, Ready to Roll. Yeah. Uh, Tune in, everybody. You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You can be sure with Merowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Merowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Merowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at Merowest.com. And service? Merowest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and Merowest's values just go together. Consider Merowest today. You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You can be sure with Merowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Merowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Merowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at Merowest.com. And service? Merowest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and Merowest's values just go together. Consider Merowest today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.